The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by Gear Up Sports. Gear Up Sports is actually uh, the gear I'm wearing to here today. If you're watching on YouTube, we love what they do. All of our guests uh, get a measure of success or 40 strategy uh, gear. So anyways, we just love what they do. Not only do they provide apparel for youth sports, but they also provide it for work environments and distributed workforces, a way to keep connected and a very easy way to distribute it without having a big warehouse of all these uniforms that you end up using. So anyways, if you want to learn more about them, go to gearupwithus.com. Once again, it's gearupwithus.com. So Ulrich has decades of success in the fashion industry by taking care of the people who look good on the outside, interrupted by the accident of his mother and who had to face time in a nursing home. And Ulrich invented uh, time as a volunteer, a one-hour reading session to really help out the old people in, in the nursing home and gave them a sense of life. This changes transform him to take care of people, feel good on the inside. Doing readings from Chicken Soup for the Soul series, Mark Twain, and other attention-grabbing stories, he brings charm, entertainment, physical assistance, and encouragement to a small audience of people who, between 83 and, I think, 107, which is amazing, the, the ages of people that you are with. And, and also, Ulrich is the author of One Moment Can Change Your Life. I highly recommend this book. It's it's a different book than you typically would read. And, and I think it's a great, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later today. But with that, Ulrich, welcome to the Measure Success Podcast. Hello, Carl. Thank you for having me. And, and Ulrich is based in Munich, Germany. And yeah. so he is nine hours difference as we're recording this Pacific time at 8 a.m. He is at 5 p.m. Is that correct? That's correct, Carl. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Art, tell us a little bit more. I, I, I kind of let, let's go back a little bit to your your business life. Okay, so you've been in that you were in the fashion industry. I know you have a very interesting kind of upbringing. Tell us a little bit about that and and what led you to becoming successful in that area first. So so describe a little bit about your history from a business perspective. Yeah. So thank you for for that, Carl. I started in the fashion business very early in my, my 20s. And it was really the right thing for me to do because you know there was always pretty women, fast cars, you can earn a lot of money. And you see a lot of cities in Europe like Florence, Milan, you go to foreign countries and you always have to do with cool, cool people. 
But uh, as you know, the fashion is very superficial. You know, I joined it for really decades and I earned my money, but I always was skeptical because there was much more behind it. And then when I first came to the United States and I met some people like Jack Canfield and they asked me, what, what is my purpose? And I said, I don't want to have written on my gravestone that I sold 3 million pair of jeans. That's not enough. And with the accident of my mother, my life changed because I had to take care of her. I was every second day to, to be there and she could never come home in her apartment. She had to face the nursing home. And as I always was a businessman and a salesman, I went immediately in the volunteering and said, okay, there is a summer fest, there is a spring fest, there is carnival. So I helped people bring them the food and clean the table, did everything. And my mother was really upset, said, hey, you're a manager, it's not your job. And then I was thinking back, what was my biggest dream when I was young? And I remember my father was a journalist and he was a writer and worked for newspaper, but he died early in the age 52 with throat cancer and he started to write a book and he didn't finish and when I came to US and met the first time Jack Canfield I said oh I have no university I have no diploma I have no professor I'm not a doctor who should read it and Jack Canfield told me Uli if you have a good story everybody wants to hear a story if you can help people with your story so I started first being co-author with him he did a book, Soul of Success, and because of Chet Campbell, it became immediately a bestseller, and I had a chapter in it, and it was still in the fashion. The chapter was, it's all about fashion, there's no second chance for your first impression. After that, I also contributed to be a, a co-producer for this uh, movie. This is the life work of Jack Canfield. We're still in contact and I appreciate that he helped me really with tips. And he said, Uli, from one book, you don't get rich. You have to do what I did with Chicken Soup for the Soul. Then I said, Jack, okay, I do a book. It's all about fashion. It's all about religion. It's all about sex. He said, you got it. But then I started back and said, Everybody of us has a defining story where your life changes for better or for worse. So I really interviewed young and old people, two and a half years for your defining moment. And this was a funny thing and it was even a burden because I said, I cannot only take your story with cancer and all that. I need also a love story where you meet your wife on a train station to, to Brooklyn, I don't know. And so I interviewed these people and all the story are true. And in the beginning we said, we don't write your full name, Carl Cox. So we do SP and, and so on. When the book came out, people said, oh, it would be have better if my name is in full length and so on. And this one moment can change your life became for me a real, it's more than, it's a destiny because you know now with COVID, with everything what we have in the world, that the world will change in only two years and never be the same if me, I could not know it. And I said, one moment can change your life. And my recommendation is being aware, being in the moment, but that's not enough. If you see that the old lady needs your help, then you have to take action. This is what I'm doing, a reading with my wife, one hour a week at Monday in the nursing home, more than eight years now. And we was blocked in the COVID session. 
So I did video reading and call. They have no computer. They have no cell phone. I had only an audience of 30%, but it still continued. We wrote postcards. We went to have little presents on Easter, on Christmas, and we're still in contact. And now it's allowed again to read. This is my small uh, group. And I said, everybody should do something to better the world. Be the change you want to see in the world, said Gandhi. And I say, we all can start small. Just a contribution that can be in a kindergarten. We have refugees. We have so many homeless people. They need help. And for me, this was the beginning, uh, just to say, I need an audience call. Because you have now an appointment and say, oh, Oli, your time is over. Mostly of them, they have been in the wheelchair. They had to wait for me. I have to bring them. I have to bring them back. So they were sitting there. And my mother in the beginning was the biggest critic and said, Lee, read louder, take a glass of water, speak more clearly. And the group said, who is that? That is his mama, okay. But then I get better, reverse is not possible. And my mother finally got her single room. This was the real purpose behind all this thing. And, but she died again, uh, she died after that. And then there was the big question in life. The owner of the nursing home said, now the job of Uli and Inge is done. He believed. And I tell you, if people waiting for you 30 minutes before the event is starting and tell you in the end of their lives, this is the best hour of the week, then there is something wrong in our society. Absolutely. But I continue and continue because it's not their fault of the others that my mother died. So this is my contribution to the world, a small part. And I love these old people because they don't lie anymore. They have faced the Second World War. They have seen hard time. They don't lie like my fashion people where we always said, hey, Carl, you look great. We meet next week in Milan and I look for your collection. Well, this is business, but they're the real deal. There is so much to pull from what you just described. I mean, it's an incredible story. I, how long did it take you to, after your mother had passed, to go, I, I think I really need to keep doing this? You know, what, what, what motivated that part? Because I could see the prior to that, right? There always was, at a minimum, you had that connection with your mom being there, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and now you go to the next spot where, you know, she, she's not present. And yes, you've seen these people you've been with, right? You know, been, been speaking to, but how, was that a quick decision? Uh, did it take you a few weeks to come back or, or did you just start coming back right away on a regular basis? But this was hard. You know that we have a frame in the nursing home where you see every week is an average one person dies. Of course, the average is 83 years old. So it was very sad in this week when my mother died, there was in the frame her picture. And beside that was Ulrich is reading uh, his, his lecture hour uh, and so on. So then we had a holy mass and there was a, a small tea candle light for everybody who died. And we had 51 candles in 52 weeks. And then uh, I dedicated the next hour to the group and had the candle for my mother and the picture said, you know her all. It was my mother and I dedicated to her. And then there was just one week between where the owner of the nursing home said, Oli, we will understand if you quit now. It's, you, you did everything what you could do for your mother. It's hard because you come back in the house where she lived and died. It was her last station. 
and said, no, uh, I have to think a little bit bigger. It's not about me. It's not about that I'm suffering now. It's not that I miss her so much. I had to really come over this and said, no, these people wait for me. And they say, this is the best hour. They have not so much fun and they have the wheelchair and they're handicapped and then they wait and they build a group and then they go in the painting group. And, and in the beginning, they did not speak to each other. They was not so nice to each other because we had a rule. You cannot sit here. Here's Miss Scrammer, here's Dr. Han. So this was, I had really <clears throat> be the leader and I had also invented uh, a five minutes part where I read jokes <clears throat> in the beginning in the beginning they said oh, we don't like jokes but this is so uplifting and even if you're 100 years old Carl you still want to laugh about sync because if you start put on the news and you uh, CNN whatever we hear what's really going on in the world and we're always afraid and we always have sorrows and the, the war is coming and Russia makes problems and they want to be entertained everybody wants to be part of something and I'm not talking about Facebook groups they're the real group and so I continued and I'm continuing today. And for me, there's also another message. It's Sunday and I'm not prepared. I'm rushing in my library and I have to read uh, some books and uh, prepare stories and so on. And you know, you have some friends to say, holy, a lot of them have dementia, Alzheimer. You can read the same old story from two years ago. They will not recognize it. That's true. I will recognize it. I want to be better every Monday. This is my task. This is my sport. This is my thing. This is why I said, this is giving back. And I love these people. And if I would not do it from the heart, I could not do it nearly eight years. It's impossible. If you do it just, oh, let's do this hour. I read a little bit, blah, blah, blah. That's not okay. They feel it and they look at you and they look really at you and they look at the relation between me and my wife and they look what she's wearing and they're telling their stories <clears throat> because nobody's listening anymore. The children know the stories and then the nurses, they have no time. Nobody has time to listen to them. And I'm there and say, okay, everybody. And I have also in this book, I have two stories from these senior people and their really true stories. And it took me long to interview them because they refused to say, hey, you have to come back with your iPhone because there's still something missing. No, that you just have to accept people and really being in a group and doing something. And the biggest uh, task for people is our ability for communication, we should use it. And I mean, face to face. I don't mean here chatting in WhatsApp groups and whatever. I mean, these people, they, they, they have seen a lot. And their stories is worse that we hear it and give back to them. So I, I, I think it's incredible that you found you know something that you just initially were like okay i'm just trying to stay connected right mm -hmm. you know to your mom to something now that after she has passed you are putting in your full effort every single week to help make a difference yeah and 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 i would say you know that that is the perfect and and you don't other than knowing that you're giving you don't get anything back in return Right. You know, what I mean, like, you know, what I mean, like, you're not physically, they're not paying you, you know, this is, this is, this is, but, but the reward, if you, you know, so, so I, maybe if you may describe that joy <clears throat> that you get 
from knowing that you you've done well a week you know so so what what type of experience do you have after you finish the day and I'm kind of curious, right, for the audience, right, when you do these things of what I call true love, right, when you're giving, don't expect anything return, and you're just there for them. I loved it how you said, if I don't put in my best, I know I've, I've not done the right thing. So when you've put in your best and you've finished a day, is it this sense of relief? Is it a sense of joy? Kind of describe to me a little bit more intimately, what's that like each week when you're, when you're meeting with, you know, now who they're, they're people you recognize, but obviously it's changing on a regular basis too. Can you give me some deeper insights on that? Because I'm just so curious yeah. about it. I just have two short stories. Uh, miracles, miracles are happening. We have uh, one, Dr. Langenstein. I didn't know what, what his illness is and he had Parkinson. So he has to take after the hour of reading immediately his pills. And he's always in the wheelchair, he's frozen. He's not able to stand up. We need two nurses to bring him up. So, okay, we then looked him in the eye and said, one, two, three, and we tried to bring him up. And once he came from the elevator to the reading, sat on the chair, and after 30 minutes, he asked Ulrich, where's my wheelchair? I said, uh, because I was reading, I said, I don't know, Miss Long. He forgot his wheelchair and was able to come alone to the readings. Wow. This is incredible. He forgot it that he is not able. <clears throat> Another story is, I had beside me a 95-year Mrs. Pulver. She was totally blind. And when my book came out, I signed everybody and gave it to everybody, I said to my wife, it makes no sense to Miss Pulver, given her, she's blind, given her a book. But I had in mind, we know her niece. And I said, we could give it to the niece and the niece could read to her and translate her the story. We sat in the front of the group. Miss Pulver took the book with the eyes blind to the heaven, touched this book with the hand over it and said, I had expected everything and said, Ulrich, I became within only two weeks totally blind. Maybe one day will come and I can see again and I can read your book. I mean, this can be naive, Carl. This can be something. But these people still have hope and light inside. And this is this was give me the power because you, you know, if we have a management meeting, we can discuss about our task and what we're doing. But these are stories, they happen out of the moment. These are the, <coughs> the real moments. And for me, these people, they open up. They were so shy in the beginning because no, they don't want to talk. And we don't have funny stories they told me. No, we faced the, the second world and we had only said, I said, no, you have been also young and you have been in love and you have love stories and maybe you remember good stories and then they open up because they understand there is somebody who really wants to listen said no I need your story I need it because if you're gone your story is gone and though so this is for me it's not I'm not getting money for this I don't need money for this this is for me this is more than respect this is really some kind of love because these people are so true. They're not 
joining any meeting anymore. They don't have to prepare for any success. They have not an interview for nothing. They're just there. And now with COVID, they was blocked. They was again locked away. They could not see their kids. They have nothing. The food, the food was in front of the door like a dog. Really, they did not come in. Nobody had time. Now it's, it's getting better, but we kept in touch. And we really said, uh, I don't know. And my mother always told me, Ulrich, don't forget when you're 85. And I said, no, no, <laughs> I know. But you know, we, we cannot know what will happen to us. And I would be glad if somebody will take care. And I mean, it's not so much. My mother was clever. She said, Ulrich, this is not one hour reading. You have to prepare it. You have to bring the glasses. You have to bring the chairs. You will bring the people. The... Let's, let's be three hours. But it's again Monday and another week is coming. And if you just do this, then you just feel okay inside because you see you did your best. And sometimes, sometimes the story is not the best, but I see in the eyes on the reaction. And then I say, okay, you didn't like too much this story. I have another one. So I'm the entertainer and I learned and it took me long because my first hour call was so devastating. I was ready after 25 minutes. Nobody knows how long is one hour reading. And I had nothing back there. And my mother was there and she was sitting here and said, hey, but then I continued and continued. And she was never thinking that I will go through it and I will really persist in that. She was not thinking, she was thinking, oh, he, the boy will do it three, three times and then he will go back in his fashion. No, this changed me totally. And now I feel all what you do in your life, what's come from your heart is the right thing. And the other thing, I mean, okay, clothes, cars, and whatever we have, material things, it's necessary. It's good to have. But this is not the main purpose in life because uh, there is a reason for everybody. And if your own message is bigger than you as a messenger, you have to put it out. So... I I get the privilege of talking with so many successful people where they don't have to work again a day in their life, yep. meaning they have enough monetary and enough experiences and enough freedom to do literally whatever they want. But what I find is if they don't have purpose, they kind of go crazy, right? And they have to, they have to find something to do to make sure that they're making a difference. So I, let's kind of go towards the end of your, your once again, business career. How did you know, when did, when did that realization come about where it's like, there's gotta be more than this? I had this feeling when I was very young. I, had, I was also very sick in my early days. I had a near death experience. I went into coma for four days. I had pancreas, I was seven times in two years in the hospital. The doctors didn't give me hope. They said, if they make the big, big operation on me, I will survive till I'm 40 years old. Uh, now I'm 63. Uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. So, I mean, I lost all my people in the family. I lost my twin brother at the age of 27, my big brother at the age of 54, my father 52, my mother recently. So I said, there must be a reason why I'm still here. I had always this inner voice. And when I was very young, I had also the ability for dreams and all dreams came true. And the people hide away from me and said, don't dream about me because this was accident and deaths. And so I want to have this 
normal life. I want this superficial life. And fashion was quite enough good for me as a young kid with party here, alcohol and so things. And then the voice is coming back. It always was coming back. Ulrich, there's something for you to do. And then this big dream, writing a book and not knowing how to do it. And going to America and the United States and being on stage and, and, and my English is not so good. So I, I, I had to push me so far out of my comfort zone and there was no need, but I had this inner voice. And I, I said, what I also read wrote in my book, everybody has this inner voice. You always have it, but we don't listen anymore because we are distracted the whole day we are busy we have our cell phone we have our netflix we have all these things and we are busy and we're good but there is if you get a little bit out of the noise and it's dark and you lie in your bed or wherever you are you meditate you do something there is the voice and there is the task and there is the purpose and there is something where you're really burning for and this is always inside of you. And it was for me the book, but I could not imagine how to write a book, how to marketing a book, how to bring out it and so on. But this led me to people I would never have met in my fashion career, because in fashion, we talk about fashion and we talk about the next collection is always the same good thing. But with my book, I interviewed young and old and they opened up they opened their soul to me and gave me their story and i respected it and i have also a miracle story when i was on a vacation with my wife in the bahamas and there was pilots of the us and they built their own planes they called a racer so it takes 17 years to build your own plane and there was one pilot and said i don't know what it is but i have to talk to you and i said rock i'm here talk to me and his wife, Barbara, told me, Uli, I have a story, but this story you would never take in your book. And I said, Barbara, I have really interviewed so many people. If you have a story and if the story fits in, I will take your story. And the story is another miracle because she told me, you have seen my husband. He's a flying pilot of Delta. And we have a big house in Georgia in Atlanta and we have two kids and everything is okay. And once uh, her arms become dumb and she went to the doctor and was diagnosed MS. And so they are very faithful people and they're going to church and everything. And she went to the church and go to the father there, to the priest and said, please, you have to help me. Only Jesus can help me now. Please pray for me. And he sent her away and said, not now. And she went home frustrated and devastating, said, even the Lord is not uh, taking me now and my, my problems. And only four days later, the big group of the church came to her. In the meantime, they was just praying, praying day and night. And they came in front of the house and they built a group and prayed for her. And she had an immediate healing, immediate healing. And then they met us in Munich and they went to Krim in Russia. And they went there to help people with Jesus Christ and was praying there. And he, Rock and Power, were the only, when they went for dinner to us in Munich, they sat in the restaurant and they did a prayer before we was eating. And I said, I met so many 
uh, people and they are now on vacation and we're still on Facebook and everything. I said, Barbara, your story. And she thanked me for being in the book. I said, no, I thank everybody being in my book. I thank everybody for their story because I can only survive if people trust me. And so I'm writing books and I did another book where I said, now as time is a little bit running out, the times was hard with COVID and I wrote a second book for the rest of time, how to live your best life. And then they said to me, the publisher, don't do it, we don't have any fairs now, and we, you don't have any radio interviews, no TV interviews, and don't do any tips and advice. And said, yes, I do tips and advice because you know, Carl, people need a coach for going over the street. They need a coach, what can I eat and what can I not eat, what can I drink? So this is a humorful book where I said, use your time because every day, you get another 24 hours, if God will, and use your time wisely because this is the, the big thing and this is more than money because money you can make, oh, you can always start again to sell something. Yeah, you can always do something where you said, oh, I, I have need, I have to pay my rent, whatever. But time is so precious. And if you give me your time, I cannot give you back your time. So I just can give you referrals. I can do something for you in, in the end. But I mean, this is, we should respect each other much more again and shut off the, the television and all the devices we have and we have here and there. I had an interview in the States where I said face to face, come back to a coffee with people, come back to their life stories and even the question, how can I help? I mean, this makes a difference in our world where we say, if I have enough, we can share it. We can share sometimes you buy a coffee for somebody or give him a smile. We don't smile anymore after all this wearing mask. We, we have our faces and nobody sees us and we're rushing and we get aggressive and everybody is blaming for the others. It's his fault. He took my parking a lot and we should come back to the joy in life and say, still we're here and still there is a meaning why we're here. And we should not hide. No, nobody should hide and say, this is not my task. It's my task. If you're here in the moment and the story is going on, then it's even your responsibility. You talked about in the book how you had an experience when you were, I think it was 16. Mm -hmm. And 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 I want you to describe it, but what, what happened at the result was, I think after having the experience and you coming back, you, I would say in a weird way, almost, it, it seemed like you kind of had this guilt. And then you had this experience when you talk with somebody else who they had their son who had passed from Pickrad. Can you, can you share that part, you know, of what happened to you, you know, when, when you were, you know, you thought it was the, you know, the end of you may have your physical life here and, and then the experience that you had with a mother uh, as well. Can you, can you share those, those yeah. two stories? I had uh, my first public speaking uh, with Bren Bouchard for the World Greatest Speaker Training in San Jose in front of 450 people. And they gave me 10 minutes. And there was a buffer and there was a jury. And uh, I talked for the first time in public about my near-death experience, which was I went to school, I got colleagues, they brought me in the emergency room then I felt in coma and in coma, I saw lights and colors that exist not on earth. I heard music that does not exist on earth. And I came to a door 
And the voice for me immediately I thought must be God asked me whether I would go through the door or come back into life. So for me, it was the best experience in my life and still is. I said, oh, let's go through. This is all shit here. And uh, so, but I was young. I wanted to tell the story to my parents and I wanted to tell to my girlfriend and said, okay, if I'm coming back, then I can try it later on. So I said, I told this story in front of people and uh, the lights were on and a lady came crying tears to me, hugged me and said, Ulrich, you changed my life. And so I said, why, what happened? She said, as you, my son was in coma at the age of 16, but he died. And I finished my relation with God because I was so angry. He took away my only son and he took away my son. And this cannot be the faithful God. <clears throat> but you're saying is that in the very last second of your life, you had the responsibility on the choice <clears throat> to say you want to continue to live here on earth or you go in heaven. Maybe she changed her mind and her son changed her mind and said it was so good. I don't know about his life at that time, that he decided immediately, hey, I go this way because heaven is much better than here. I don't know. So she changed, she find peace. And this is another small story where I said we're all connected to each other. But for me, I said, I'm still afraid of the way of dying, but I never was afraid of dying itself. Because if my time will come, I say, it will be much better without our body here on, on earth. What I have seen is so good that we should really have the face to bring out the message. But then in the US, I had immediately some esoteric people and channels, radio and TV, they wanted me to bring only this esoteric part. They said, no, the, the, the big thing is there is not only esoteric, there's not only spirituality. There is a part of, we're all part of everything. Our business is a part of everything. Bring your full story in, bring your full heart in. Then it's okay. And not be in one niche and say, now I'm writing only book about near-death experience. <coughs> so many others had had this near-death experience, but mine was in so early days that it helped me to survive all other stories in my life because that I'm never afraid. If it's gone tomorrow, it's gone. But I'm not cynic about, because I love my wife, I love my life. But I said, we should be really aware that it can end tomorrow. And it must not be a war, it must not be COVID, it must not be this or that. It can be everything, an accident. We should really enjoy the time we have here on earth and giving back to people. And this is what you're doing with your podcast, inspire people uh, and, and they listen in the car or on, on the way somewhere and say, I'm not alone with my story. I'm not alone with my struggling. There are still people out and they tried. And I told on the stage, if I can start my second life in my late 50s in the US, in the hardest market in the world, everybody else, they all know how to go with devices and they know with internet. And when I started too late and I have really the courage to do it, then everybody else can do it. And my friend Pavel from Moscow, when we met in, in, in Tuscany, he's one of these role models where I said, this is a young guy and Moscow is not so easy, I think, to live there, but he travels the world and he inspires and every day I see him on Facebook uh, and he's doing his job and we are, we are in 
touch together always. And he recommended me to get in touch with you. And so this is not, this can be money. Of course, we have always, you know, this 10X, whatever it is. We, we should strange ourselves and say, oh, I have this aim and I want, if I'm a salesman, I won't be better than my neighbor. But I mean, success for me, just what I said before, this inner voice where you feel confident that you had a good day today, that you did something. Uh, that can be in my reading in a nursing. It can be that I helped my neighbor uh, one hour before because I brought her package uh, to the fifth floor. It can be small things that lead to big wins. Just being aware and touching the life. This is the only life we have. I mean, this is not the general thing what we, we try. This is, this, this is just the life we have. And every day we get hopefully 24 more hours. So, and have humor. This is what I lost in my fashion industry that the people didn't laugh anymore. They were so serious about everything. Serious about everything which is possible. And 90% of everything is not coming, as Mark Twain said. So enjoy your life. And sometimes, yeah, we have to be humble and make fun of yourself. <clears throat> what, what can happen? What can be the worst that can happen to you? And inspire and motivate others. I mean, you're a role model. You have children, you have family. The people, you know, children, they don't uh, listen to much what we're saying. They, sh they just want to see how we're acting. This is what they're doing. They, they see what we're doing is the real thing. I can talk and talk and talk and talk. But if I'm not doing what I'm saying, then it's something wrong. And we know this politics, you can put on any channel. They're lying to us from the morning till the evening, blah, blah, blah. And then they forget about it. And then it's next topic. We should be the difference. We can make the difference. We are the real people. Once again, extraordinarily inspirational. I am really excited. It's interesting. One of the things you said, you talked about your, your children listening. One of my sons, Tyler Cox, midshipman Tyler Cox at the U.S. Naval Academy. Tyler, when you listen to this, reach out to me, and I hope this story from Ulrich has had an impact on your life. Um, and, and I also just, once again, to all, all the rest of the people in the audience that are listening, uh, this is an extraordinary story, and, and I really look forward. Once again, there's this book we talked about, One Moment Could Change Your Life. Ulrich, what was the book? Once again, if you hold up the other book that you have recently completed, uh, The Rest of Your Time, I think it is. For the rest of time, how yep. to live your best life. Perfect. And so, of course, now I always like to ask our guests, what's a book that you're not a book of yours? What's a book that you'd recommend that others should read? Yeah, for me, still number one mentor in my life is Jack Canfield. I read all his books and I met him personally in his house in Santa Barbara twice. And he helped me so much. And for me, the best book he has really done is The Success Principles. And I really say, if somebody's following this, 64 success principles, you will achieve everything you want in life. But it's hard because his first chapter is take 100% responsibility of your life. And this is hard for most of us, but Jack Kent is a real role model for me. And he helped me so much being not so shy and going on stage and doing all this. And I can just recommend this book, he's, he's perfect. That's, that is that is great. And then also we have up on our website here, I mean, up on the whiteboard, if you're, if you're looking, Ulrich 
Kellerer.com. That's where you can learn more about uh, Ulrich, his, his books, his stories. Once again, so grateful to have you from being, you know, this is what's beautiful about Zoom, right? Here we are. You're in Munich, Germany, uh, nine hours difference, and we're able to have a conversation today, a very, very inspirational story. Ulrich, thank you so much for being on the Measure Success podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Carl. All the best to you and your family and all your listeners. And thank you for being on your show. Thank you. And thank you. to everyone else, thank you to listening and wishing you the very best at measuring success. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, Carl. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.